Coming up is all about Snapchat ads. You're going to discover the three elements of a high converting Snapchat ad, how to find the right influencers, and what makes Snapchat more effective than Instagram. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young. And before the interview goes live, I just want to tell you guys that this is exactly the interview that you might have missed if you didn't sign up for our virtual summit. But this is the exact interview, a recording of the interview from the virtual summit with Timothy Armu of Fanbytes. Fanbytes has been a longtime supporter of the show and someone that I've worked with in the past where we've used clients and they've driven some tremendous downloads for us and our clients. And so I am super proud to have them on. And I really wanted to make this free because I want you guys to hear all about the greatness that Fanbytes can provide for you when it comes to driving low-cost downloads through their Snapchat influencers. Now, they're just opening up Instagram as well. They're finding out that it's becoming a little bit more effective and things might be opening up on Instagram as well. So go check them out. It is fanbytes.com. That is fanbytes.com. They sponsored the summit. And I got to tell you, if you heard Kara's episode, the previous one, it was a lot of work, a lot of work putting this virtual summit together. And a lot of my team members put the video summaries for you guys too. So you can just read through, you don't have to watch the entire video, but there's a lot of great content in there. And if you missed it, you're going to have, you can only access it through App Masters Academy. So it is appmastersacademy.com. But I really want to make these, all our sponsors, I want to make it free and put it on the podcast episode because man, it was a lot of work and I'm thankful to them for sponsoring our first ever summit. So I wanted to pay back for them as well. And then also there's some valuable nuggets in here as well that I didn't want to just put behind a paywall and make you guys pay. So without further ado, enjoy this exact recording from the App Masters Virtual Summit with Mr. Timothy Armu. What is up, App Nation? Welcome to the App Masters Virtual Summit. And today, in this interview, we've got a great session on using Fanbytes, Fanbytes, using Snapchat influencers <laughs> to really drive app downloads. This is a guy that I've known for quite some time, and we've shared mutual clients together. And he's done some tremendous work for our clients, and I'm super excited. That's one of the reasons why I decided to reach out to him and say, hey, you got to share some of the things that you've been working on with us. And we've done webinars, so we're going to talk all about how do you create the right creative, how do you find the right influencers, and why Snapchat is the place to be for underpriced attention. But without further ado, let me introduce our guest today. His name is Tim Timothy Armu. <clears throat> let me clear my breath. Timothy Armu, he's the 22-year-old CEO of Fanbytes, the world's first Snapchat influencer network, helping brands like Warner Brothers, Universal, and Sony reach teens on Snapchat. In 16 months, Timothy has grown Fanbytes to a multi-million dollar company, all based on the foundation of their unique influencer floor format. In the process, Fanbytes has developed a model which has helped apps average CPIs of just 50 stinking cents on average hitting 
two times cheaper CPIs than Facebook, the all-known Facebook, and Instagram ads. They've done, they've done some tremendous works. Congratulations, Tim. Like That's amazing yeah. stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can't so do you want to add any more color to the background that I just kind of mentioned? Yeah, I think, man, like, um, as you mentioned, like brands come to us because they are figuring out how the hell do we engage with a younger audience who are not on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter? How do we do it in a way that we can actually resonate with them? And so through our format, through our influencer-led formats, through our creative, we're able to redo that skill. And it comes with the fact that, you know, I'm young, the team is a relatively young team. So if you're trying to understand how to reach a younger audience, who would you entrust to do that? another young person as well i can't believe you're only 22 years old man i i saw like i was like oh. so when we first talked you must have just been like 19 or 20 at the time yeah too. I, was, I was 20 when you yeah. first started this company huh yeah that's congratulations well i actually got to be a part of this creative process as well in, in creating a video that's going to live on snapchat would you mind talking about how do you pick the right creative yeah, so I think that at Grandmise, we've been coming up with this idea of is there a procedure or like a process you can use to actually um, create the right creative, right, to make it a repeatable process. And we came up with this idea of something called advertainment, which is the fusion of advertising and entertainment. And it's a whole idea that, like, if you're trying to reach a younger audience, well, they are very resistant to advertising because they're always bombarded by it. So if you're able to infuse some kind of entertainment into it, perhaps that can actually um, really hit the nail on the head. And, and in terms of that advertainment, we've come to realize that there are three fundamental things that appeal in advertainment. The first one is cultural relevance. So can you tie in perhaps some kind of a song or some kind of dance or something which is culturally relevant to that audience and then insert your brand into it? Um, if you can do that, then you're, onto, uh, then you're actually onto a winner. The second thing was this idea of, we call it a me minute and meaning it up is just this idea that younger people, they connect and resonate through memes, right? So like I see a funny meme, I share it with my friends. I see another meme and I share it with my friends as well. And then we start to realize that if you, a brand, again, can insert yourself in that communication method, that works quite well. And then the third thing is humor. Fundamentally, right, I think a lot of people come and say, hey, this is how you engage with this audience, this is how you do that. But fundamentally, you're engaging with a human being and, and, and human beings just like to laugh, right? So for us, in every single creative that we've tried to look at, we've said, is there any way we can insert any of these three things? Number one, cultural relevance. Can we introduce some kind of meme in it up? So that's taking some meme that is going on and can we then like position the brand inside of that? And then um, can we then introduce humor in a way that would then get people to share? Because then rather than it just being a one-to-one -one communication, we can actually make it one-to-many because people will share and give you that extra added value. And you're sort of, because it's Snapchat, you're like, these are the things that are gonna resonate with, man, I'm 38, but that stuff resonates with me as well, using cultural yeah. relevance, using memes, and then using some type of humor. And that's all. That's actually something I try to do with all my content as well. It's like, hey, I want to make it action-packed and useful, but also I want to add a little bit of humor as well. Yeah.
Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, I was actually on a panel today um, and I was talking about this exact thing and I was saying that fundamentally you have to realize that um, the person at the end of that ad is a human being with emotions and with, you know, like feelings that you can really engage with. So by treating them as a human being and by really respecting that you want them to get some kind of like emotional thing from it, that's when you can really build, um, that's when you can really like build um, something which will then get the right action, get the installs, etc. I mean, one example, just just as, as a side note, so um, there's this app, I think I spoke about them recently on a podcast called Weevo. They're like this app where you can, um, it's kind of like seven second videos where you can also get paid for it. So it's like a video um, competition app. Now they had tried Facebook ads and Snapchat ads. And on Facebook ads, they were getting things like like $6 CPI. And then on Snapchat ads, they were getting $3 CPI. So they are basically like, said to themselves, well, this is the benchmark of um, CPI that I can actually get. And so when they then came to us, we said, actually, do you know what? Can we think of how we can use any of those three principles of advertisement? How can we actually use them? And the biggest one was that they were like seven second videos, which you got paid for like every single day. Someone got paid for creating the like best video. Now that there was quite um, comparable to Vine. Um, although with Vine, they didn't like pay you or anything like that, but you know, Vine six second video. So what we then did was something really cool. And I don't know if like your audience probably knows about this, but there's this meme going on around where it's like this guy is walking with his girlfriend, but then he's looking back at like another girl that's walking past. Um, and it's quite, and it's quite a funny meme. And so what we then did was that we said that, um, the so you then had a, a picture of the guy, but then the girl he was walking with was had the Vine logo on her head, and then the person who the guy was looking at really wanted to be with her had the Oevo logo. Mm. So then it suddenly touched on this like it used memes to convey the fact that Oevo was like the next hot thing. And so that led to people really engaging with it. At the end of the campaign, they ended up getting like 50 cent CPI, which is six times less than they were getting with Snapchat ads. But that there is just an example of this idea of like memeing it up and really tying into um cultural relevance there and yeah. humor. Tim like how long did that process take? Because you know when you think about creative design or creative videos like one that you just mentioned i would think yeah. like it's you know you need a few people brainstorming ideas and kind of coming with like that's a great concept was it just because you guys were looking at through the funnel of those three advertisement elements like pillars that you're like hey you know what i've got this meme we can fit this in it's like a perfect perfect piece yeah so i'd say for us it came quite like quickly for us because we already had those principles in place. Um, but I'd say even to come to those principles, like it took hundreds of different campaigns we're running where we're then like, oh, it seems like this one always works, right? Why is it that every time we use a culturally relevant moment that seems to outperform? So yes, up until that point, I guess it was like fairly straightforward. But then um, as um, but then as we then like got all that data and it was then like time to act, it was now really easy for us to. So basically I've just told your audience like hundreds and hundreds of campaigns 
um, worth of results. I've just told you how to do it in like five minutes. So, <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, man. Let me let me ask you this: for an old guy like me, how do I figure out what's the next new meme? Because I gotta tell you, man. I mean, this is we're gonna date this interview, but the Yanni Laurel, like I didn't know because I was talking to a client, like, hey, have you are you hearing Yanni or Laurel? I'm like, what the hell is this? And I was like, two or three days late. But how do I keep up to date with all the popular memes? So one super interesting thing is that, um, so two things. The first one is Reddit is actually really good for this stuff. Like Reddit is like really good for this stuff. But the other thing is, um, and this is something we realize as we are not only an influencer network, but we also own a number of really large um, influencer channels ourselves where where almost the influencer. Um, what we found is that it's us influencers who are the people who actually define what meme goes viral or not. So what is really cool is that um, one way you could find out like what's the next thing is go on Twitter or go on um, Instagram. I'll say like Twitter's actually a bit better for this because there's a higher like propensity uh, to go viral and find these like meme pages online and you constantly see they are sharing something over and over again and that there you can see is the next one for example this uh this whole meme about this um yodeling boy like the kid who was in uh what's he was he in a walmart or something and he was just randomly yodeling and now he he's now on like stage with a lot of like hip hop artists and all that stuff. And um, that was actually shared quite a lot by like these meme pages before he actually became a big thing. So those two following Reddit, cause Reddit really like define Western subculture. I think so many people don't understand it, but they really define like Western subculture. And then also that these like, um, tastemakers, these meme pages are also the people who can um, who can help you to understand what is actually going to fly next. On Reddit, is it a meme page or just like the, the homepage of Reddit? The homepage of Reddit. Um, there, are, there are a bunch of like subreddits, but I think the homepage of Reddit, if you go on there, you look at like Ryzen, you can always see basically like this random new craze that just like come in and you're like, what the hell is this? And then in like a week or so, you suddenly realize it. But I mean, here's the thing, right? Um, it's then about timing because if you, if you try and relate to a meme at the beginning, it can get to a stage where you're like, you basically, um, like jump ship or whatever, right? Like it's like, you've basically gone before it's actually become a thing. Um, and also, if you do it too late, then you basically look like, you know, just a week. An old guy like me. Like, what is this Yanni thing? <laughs> trying too hard. So I think that um, the more important thing isn't so much like to find them before they come popular, but rather it's like understanding that, okay, Reddit is going to kind of bring this thing to the surface. And then these kind of, Twitter meme pages are going to start making them popular. You have a window of about two, three weeks, really, for for you to be able to really like step into that conversation. So, so you, that is so going back to the OVO model, like, do you think that ad would still work today? Um, I think that I don't think it worked today. I think it still work and get them like decent CPIs. Um. But I don't think it have gotten them like that 
really good CPIs. Um, primarily because I think that um, it needed to happen at that point where that particular meme was like really, really popular. Um, for example, a really, really good idea of this is um, I, perhaps your audience has heard of um, Salt Bay. Not me, but I'm sure they. <laughs> Salt Bay was this. Salt Bay was this video going around of this like Turkish guy who was holding like chicken or something like that, and he was like hitting the ch like hitting the chicken, but he was like caressing the chicken in a way which just seemed like really over enthusiastic, really like romantic, and was like you know people were basically making a meme about how can someone feel so like passionate about just like meat right um but in that particular moment that meme lasted for about two to three months and the reason why was because a lot of the press and everything also picked that up um but in that particular one you have two to three months to actually make it work but it's something like the meme i described with the we were one typically like two to three weeks or something oh that's really interesting all right so now you got the right creative you use those principles how do you find the right influencers for this so I think that finding the right influences is an interesting one because I spoke again today at the panel, someone asked me that exact same question. And I was like, um, you know, everyone has heard of like macro versus micro influences. I think that's a subject which a lot of people have like um, spoken about. Um, and, you know, the whole idea is, you know, micro influences are significantly smaller influences, but who have a much higher engagement. Um, how do you find the right influences? So specifically on Snapchat, what we focused on are people between the, with views between like 50, sorry, 20,000 views to about uh, 200,000 views. And then what we do is we run them through something called a fan byte score. And that score is a measure of the engagement that they actually have. So it takes in views, screenshots, etc. Now that's how we've done it. And on a macro scale, when we say how to find, like how to actually find them, um, one of the things I found is that um, influencers who are on Instagram are typically also on like Snapchat as well. But actually influencers who are on Musical.ly, I'd say on Snapchat as well. So it's about thinking about where are the little pockets of um, pockets where they are congregated and then finding them and then figuring out how you can bring them on. We've been quite fortunate that we've got a significant amount of like PR and stuff in the last few months where we're able to drive a lot of people to us. So we don't typically go out and like get influencers. Now it's just a lot of like PR and stuff comes to us. Um, sorry, a lot of PR has meant that a lot of like influencers um, come to us. But at the beginning, we was thinking, where else do these people congregate? Well, we know they are musically, uh, they might be on Instagram as well, etc. And then like bringing them all together to focus on Snapchat. Is, are there particular influencers that are good for specific categories for apps? Or what have you found with that? Um, so I think that if we found that like, Comedy influences are like pretty good for anything, uh, for like apps as well, right? Primarily because you can like communicate through humor with them. Um, and as we mentioned, humor is one of the key underpinnings of this idea of like entertainment, right? So um, comedy influences are like really um, good with this type of thing as well. Um, and I think that really would be kind of my answer to the question just because I think every other person, whether lifestyle, beauty, fashion, etc., they're all good, but like 
inherently they don't offer any more value than just being a like distribution channel for the content but if you have a comedy influencer that person can you know can use their humor to to um, convey something in the best way rather than just being like a distributor of the content oh I like that the now let's move on to this because you know instagram's all a craze too it's getting a lot of traction what makes snapchat better in that case when you hear all these stories about Instagram stealing the stories feature and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think um, two things. So I think the first one is just like the audience that they actually have is different, right? It's like fundamentally different. Um, a younger teen audience use Snapchat to a way higher degree than anyone possibly even think than Instagram. Um, I... I kind of draw the parallels and I say Instagram is very much the type of person who I want to be and Snapchat is the type of person who I actually am. And so you basically have this for two different, um, you have two different purposes that one is very aspirational and one is just like very real. So the core differences that I'd kind of say to brands or apps trying to reach their audiences would be, number one, the core difference is that the audience, the audience um, on Snapchat is just fundamentally a younger audience um, than Instagram or any other channel, um, bar possibly musically. Um, and then the second thing I'd say is that the Instagram is very much go for like aspirational brands. So very much like, you know, fashion, beauty, luxury, lifestyle, like it wouldn't quite make sense for them to be focused on Snapchat. But if you're an app, you are thinking about how do I actually, you know, if you're an app or like a gaming app or like a social messaging app where you're not so much aspirational, but you're more focused on like, how do I do this in my everyday life? How do I um, introduce and use this app in my everyday life? Then Snapchat is where you can really win. Now, I get this question all the time, and I'm sure you get this too, Tim. Like, would it work for blank category? Now, I'm going to assume you don't get that for games because obviously I think games works. But, like, people will ask me, like, does this work for, you know, like a productivity app or a security app? What do you say to that? Um, the key thing I say is do you imagine a 15 to 18 year old caring about this? Um, if they do, then it will work. If they wouldn't, then like, then, then wouldn't work. So, for example, um, recently had, um, and actually, I wouldn't say like 15 to 18, I'll say more like 15 to 21. Um, for like recently, we had an app who basically, or a site which basically helps people with um, mortgages, right? And I was like, and they were like, oh, we'd like to like start the buyer journey with you guys um, because, you know, if we can get an 18 year old, like thinking about us as well, then perhaps. We and I was like, yeah, but not really because an 18 year old at this point in time is not thinking about like getting their first house and stuff. There might be some, but this is very much an, uh, like they are very much outliers. Um, so for us, our question is always like, is there a non-inconsequential probability that a 15 to 21 year old would actually care about this? If yes, then this will work for you because fundamentally productivity app will still work. Um, if you can touch on the ways it makes it 
relevant. If you can talk about how your productivity app helps you helps the 18 year old to like bliss through exams and studying, then that's great, right? Um, but in the same vein, if it was an app where it just can't be used at all, really in the fabric of like a 15 to 21 year old, then you have a problem. Would it ever work for paid apps? Have you ever done it for paid apps? So we have done it for paid apps and it has worked for paid apps. And that is only if the value proposition is actually like strong enough. So for example, um, if I'm correct, a recent campaign that was run through a platform was through an app, which was a paid app. It was a paid calculator app. So rather than having your own like calculator, it was an app which had all the like scientific blah, 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 blah in it. And, um, and they got amazing results. They end up getting something crazy like a 61p CPI. But the app, if I'm correct, was like $6.99 or something like that, mm-hmm. which is fairly pricey for like, uh, you know, a younger audience there. Um, but the reason why it worked so well was because, if I'm correct, the like creative was very much focused on like this can help you bless through your exams, right? Like you were initially struggling with math, use this app, you're going to be like the Einstein of math. That is a very strong value proposition and it speaks to actually helping them. As opposed to if it was like um, a paid app, which was actually around, say, like fitness, for example, right? I would say, yeah, that's fair. And you could tell the story about how um, using this app could really like help you. But that isn't a really core cool value proposition to a 15, 16 year old because yeah, fitness is interesting, but it isn't like I'm going to pay from an app to actually engage with that. They will be so stuck with their ways of doing stuff, which could be I'm just gonna like work out at home, work out at the gym that it wouldn't actually be of like significant interest to them. So it wouldn't work on paid, but it work only if the value proposition or the pain that was being solved was acute enough that it warranted you actually having to spend money. I ask because I have a friend who's doing pretty well on Apple search ads with a paid app and I'm like, and it is a calculator, TI-84, I think, whatever the popular one is. It's a manual and he's doing pretty well with the app. But I was like thinking about his app when I was asking the questions because yeah. I do think that it would work if it obviously met to the target audience. Yeah, 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 I think, yeah. Are there as long any... as... Sorry, go ahead. Go no, go ahead, if you have anything to add. On yeah, this. as long as the value proposition is very clear and as long as it's something which is a universal one as well, Great. they can always... The, are there any tracking tools that we should have in place or what can we use to make sure that we're tracking the downloads from Fanbytes? I mean, so we are integrated with um, AppsFlyer and Adjust as well. So we have those abilities to be able to like deep link all the way in. On We have a dashboard that you can use to also like measure where all the clicks and everything is coming from as well. So we have those tools in place. I mean, Nothing too complex, but the like, you know, the 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 app flyers, the branch, the um, adjust and the tunes and all that stuff. So it's nothing too complex over there. Yeah, pretty easy. And then Tim, now that I've, I've got your secrets, right? I got the culture, I got the meme, I got the humor. Like, why can't I just run a Snapchat ad and try to outperform you? So I think the key reason why brands come to us, even brands who literally run Snapchat ads, is that 
Um, the way the ads are distributed in Snapchat are very, very disruptive. And I don't know how many of your audiences do have Snapchat, but what happens is the format is, you know, if I'm going from my friend's story to my other friend's story, randomly an ad just shows up and it completely disrupts the consumption experience. So this is very akin to if you were on YouTube, for example, and you're about to watch the YouTube video, and then just as you're about to watch it, randomly this like six second ad shows up and you are just waiting, you're like, fucking hell, I need to skip ad really quickly. Imagine that, but that's taking up your entire whole screen, like the only thing that you can actually see. That is a very, a very disruptive and interruptive experience. However, by us using it through influencers and using them as our distribution channel, it's no longer this interruptive experience, but it's actually part of the content. So it's native, organic, and natural as well. So those there are like the core um, distinctions. It's basically go from being interruptive and disruptive and then go to actually be more like organic and natural. Yeah, I love that. You know, I find that even on the couple of points that I think it's worth mentioning is I love the fact that you mentioned that, you know, Snapchat is real. Cause I do feel like that. Like I'm not on it heavily, but when I do share stuff, it's like, I'm less likely to be like, oh, let's filter this or let's make sure that people see a different side of me. And I'm just more like, Hey, this is my life type of thing. And secondly, whenever I see sponsored, I'm like, forget it. So if you guys yeah. don't know of like, if you haven't been following all the things that we've been doing with Fanbytes, but there's a secret ad format sandwich format that we that fanbytes uses where you know it makes it so that people aren't they don't feel like they're watching an ad they're they feel like something it's something that the influencer is promoting as well yeah exactly um i think this idea of just being more organic and being natural in general would always win because with with so many ways that the the modern day individual can be bombarded by ads the only way that you really win is by being natural and organic and native as well. Yeah, I love it. Well, Tim, there is a special offer for everybody who wants to get started with Fan Bites. It's $500 off your first campaign, right? So go check yeah. it out. It is, they've done some wonders, especially if you've got a game or if you're looking to reach that target audience. And I think Tim said it best. So you correct me if I'm wrong, but if it makes sense, if you're thinking like, yeah, a 15, 18 year old would use this app and you're not trying to convince yourself of that, right? Like you don't have to convince yourself. You don't have to be like, yes, they would kind of, no, you already know you're damn right that they would use this. Fanbytes is the platform to reach that audience in a scalable fashion and at ridiculously low CPIs. The average CPI, you're going to pay probably like 2 to $3. That's a good CPI. And then people are paying way more, obviously, through Uivo or Uivo, whatever they call it. But $6 CPIs on Facebook. So go check it out. It is fanbytes.com. Or if you want to check out the special link, it is at masters.com slash fanbytes. And you get $500 off your first campaign. And then you're just going to get addicted. Because that's what happens. You've seen the growth and you're like, ah, oh, I love the ad con content. And you got to check out the creative creatives because Tim has come up with these principles that has worked for this target audience on Fanbytes. They're really fun. They're really engaging. I've seen a bunch of videos that they've created and they're really fun. Tim, anything else you want to add to that? No, I think that's it, man. I think I just mentioned the uh, $500 off is basically because we just, you know, we believe so much in the fact that if you're the right app, this can work. That we're just like prepared to say, listen, we're just going to kind of like give you this as a taste as well. But um, yeah, if it's the right app, if it's the right audience, we reserve the right to say no. If we don't think we can help you, um, we're, we are more than happy to say no. But um, when we work, we work well.
I do that all the time. And that's when you know you're working with somebody that is standing by what they can do because I say no. I'm like, this look, I can't do anything. So when they can say no, no, it's it really means something. Tim, thank you so much. It is once again fanbytes.com. And if you want to get that five hundred dollars off at masters.com slash fanbytes. Tim, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Cheers, man. Great. Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.